So uh, this morning we have a special guest speaker. It's my honor and privilege to introduce to you a missionary that this church partners with. Uh, missionaries, actually, Matt and Christy Rash and their four children are church planners in Europe. Uh, over the last 10 years, they've been in Hungary, they've been in Austria, and now they've begun to plant a church in Marseille, France, which is in the south of France. It's the second largest city in the nation of France. It's actually a third of the, of the population there is Muslim. If you can imagine, the second largest city in France third of the population is Muslim. I believe about 10% is Jewish, and the rest are atheist, agnostic, or really post-Christian. Uh, Matt and I met years ago in the University of Houston campus. The night I became a Christian, God joined our hearts uh, in, in really in lives and ministries together. Uh, he's also infamous or famous for leading my wife, Carrie, to the Lord, and so he preached the gospel to her. Matt's a tremendous evangelist. has led just countless people to Christ over the years, and he's in Marseille, France, along with his family, because years ago, God spoke to him in a dream and said, I want you to go to France. Now, when Matt received that word or dream or, you know, I don't know, too much tacos for dinner and God somehow spoke to you through that, uh, he knew, he spoke, he and his wife spoke no French, had no contacts there. Now, I want you to think about the kind of love for Jesus and the courage that takes to raise support, uproot your family, move across the world, and begin to speak a language and reach a people that you've never met or never seen before because God's called you to do it. Listen, people like Matt and Christy and their family are the reason the gospel's going forward today all over the world. They're heroes in the body of Christ. Would you guys stand this morning as we welcome them? It's an honor to have you guys. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Thank you very much. That was very... Can I come back every Sunday? I feel really good. I know. I'm about to cry. Wow. I feel so honored. Um, I just wanted to greet you guys in French. Uh, As he said, we did not speak French five years ago. So, uh, bonjour. Je suis ravie d'être parmi vous. Et vraiment, c'est un privilège de servir le Seigneur euh, en France. Et euh, bon, vous êtes une bénédiction euh, dans notre vie parce que euh, vous, vous nous soutenez. Donc, euh, de tout mon cœur, je voudrais dire euh, merci beaucoup. So I said, thank you so much for your support. You are really a, a blessing to us and from the bottom of our hearts we just want to say thank you it's a blessing yes, to be here yes, with you, you to see your beautiful faces and um yeah to spend this day with you so isn't he glorious god it's just glorious. so good to be in the house of god with brothers and sisters amen amen thanks son so now you've seen my better half and heard <clears throat> pretty much the best part of the day um <laughs> But I will give you a quick little PowerPoint presentation. But before I do that, I wanted to be faithful to, to share with you a few things that the Lord spoke to me during worship. Is that okay if we just hear from God and talk about Jesus? I'm not sure what kind of church this is. but uh, no, <clears throat> I know it's a Jesus church. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I need more of him. And I, I'm really desperate for more of God in my life. I can't afford to live the rest of my life not being used of him, not being his instrument. I don't want just a normal job and to just have two and a half kids and a 
nice house and just get to the end and be full of regrets. He's so much more worthy than that. Some of you are here today, you may not even be following God with all your heart yet. My greatest prayer for you is to understand that his love has no bounds. He is so good and his love endures forever. He has such good plans, such great things in store for the earth, for, the, for you, for the people all over the earth. And the moment we say yes, the great adventure begins and nothing stays the same. But is there anyone here that really wants it all to stay the same? <laughs> Today is your day of breakthrough. I, I heard the Lord say during worship, there was somebody here with a trauma to the brain. Somebody here or one of your relatives close by that's had a, a brain trauma and there's serious problems in the brain stem. Is there anybody who says, yes, I know somebody in my family or somebody close to me that's had that kind of problem because I'm going to be faithful to pray for them. Is anybody with any kind of brain problem, head drama? Okay, an eye cancer and it goes into the brain? Okay. Can we just pray for her? Is this your friend or is this... Her name is? Oh, him, Michael. Okay, Father, we just pray for Michael right now. We thank you that your will is perfect and good and you wouldn't have highlighted these problems of the brain unless you wanted to heal and do a supernatural miracle in Michael's life. So in the authority of Jesus Christ, we command this cancer to die, shrivel up, and fall out of this head in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we release healing and full restoration to his eye and all the areas that have been affected by it. And Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love being poured out in Michael and all of his family and the testimony that will glorify your name all in that sphere of influence and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody else head trauma, brain problem? A lady over here? Okay, is it you or someone you know? Okay. And what's her name? Stanton? Okay, we're going to pray for Stanton right now. What's up? 13. Okay, Father, we just thank you for Stanton right now. Precious life. And we just command all of these things, every cancer, every, every foul thing that is in there, we command it to uproot in the name of Jesus. And where there's m missing pieces, where there's disconnects, we command the reconnections to come back. Where the sinews and the tendons and the ligaments and the different parts all have to come back, we command them in the name of Jesus, be restored to 100% health. We release a miracle from heaven over Stanton, over his family, and the breakthrough that you want to bring in that family in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anybody else? Head trauma, brain injury. Oh, there's another one back here. Okay, I couldn't see you. Okay, what's the name? Maisie? Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can you get three or four brothers and sisters who's got some faith on them? Somebody who has some faith. Lay hands on her and agree with her for Maisie. In Jesus' name. The rest of us just agree. Lord, we just agree for all brain traumas, head traumas, diseases of the brain, cancers to be absolved right now. Everyone in the, in the hearing of our voice here, we just lift up shouts to heaven that our God is the God who heals today. He healed yesterday, he heals today, and he will continue to heal because Jesus took it all. Jesus took it all on his back. By his stripes, we have been healed. We have been healed. And Father, we thank you for your manifest presence come into people's lives in us, around us, in Jesus' name. I I sense that the Lord is going to give some of you some supernatural encounters in the next few days, and you're going to meet people with brain problems, head traumas. And I want to encourage you, take a step of faith and say, can I pray with you? Can I just stand in faith for you? And, And take this just prayer, a simple prayer, and you'd be supernaturally surprised how God will use that. All right? And the other word that the Lord showed me was if you knew, if you knew that your breakthrough was in your praise, if you knew that your breakthrough was in your praise, mm-hmm, how would you Praise God. (laughs) Can I get a witness? No, no, no. Can I get a witness? 20 years ago, I came to Jesus, and my life has been radically transformed from the inside out. From a clueless young man doing my best to figure my way forward to resolve destiny, hearing God's voice, being used of God. I am so grateful for what Jesus did in my life. And my life is no different than yours. Jesus wants to rearrange, set up shop, and start calling the shots in all of our lives. And there is nothing more liberating. There is nothing more liberating than Jesus being Lord and Savior of your life. You know, right after I came to Christ, me and my first pastor, my newfound pastor, started a campus ministry. And as Morgan and Carrie shared, they were some of the first people that came to Christ. And it's a miracle they're still serving God. <laughs> not because they did not have... <clears throat> it's actually a sign of their fortitude. The, the, the problem was me. And it's a miracle they still like me. Because I was, as much as I love Jesus, the, the, all the rest needed a little cleaning up. It was the outsides that weren't so great, you know. Jesus saves us and our spirit becomes one with his spirit. And in our spirit, we're perfect. But how many of you know we got a, a soul and a body that are also connected to this spirit that also need a little bit of help? Some of y'all got that revelation. I don't know what you're teaching in this church, man. You know, Morgan and Carrie and I and, and others as well, but, but the three of us, we've seen a lot of different things. In our 20 years of walking together, and, and we've heard a lot of things, and we've experienced a lot of things, good, bad, and the ugly. Um, and, and you know what's funny is they're still serving Jesus. They're still focused on him. And you know, that the, the key to success in life is not making a lot of money and getting to the end with the most toys. 
The key to success in life is fulfilling your calling that God's put, on, put you on the earth for. And the only way any of us can do that is by keeping Jesus the center at all times. And that's one of the things I want to honor Morgan and Carrie for is they've always kept Jesus at the center. When they were very justified, they were very justified in, in bringing accusation or in, in being able to, to just get mad and run off and be angry and walk around with angry face. They didn't do it. They decided to serve God and to keep Jesus the center, to forgive and to keep moving forward. What great examples. If you knew some of the stories I know about some of the things they've been through, you would, you would well, some of you do, <laughs> probably. You understand the depth of what God is doing. You understand the depth of what God has done for 20 years. But you know what? People who give in to anger, people who hold on to bitterness, people who hold on to the hurts and the anger towards somebody else will constantly hit ceilings and never break through into all that God has for them. If you're here this morning and you're holding on to anything, listen, there's no way we can live this life without getting hurt. I'm sorry, we're, we're a bunch of people. And I'm talking about people that love Jesus. We all hurt people. We just, we're doing our best here, huh? So if we keep our eyes fixed on people, we're always going to be disappointed. But if we keep our eyes on him, we'll always be blessed and overflowing. Let me just give you a quick little rundown of this little uh, PowerPoint so I can give you an update of why you're supporting us. Amen? Go ahead. First slide is... Okay, Marseille, land of harvest. Basically, we live in a land, southern France, and most people don't think of southern France as being a place for missionaries. They think of that as being a place of vacation. Well, I'm just going to tell you that 1% of Marseille are confessing Protestants, 1% of the population. We have 90 Protestant churches, not necessarily evangelical, but definitely they say that they're Protestant. And the average size is 25 adults. That makes about 1,800 to 2,000 total Protestant believers on the roll books of churches in a city of about 2 million people. In comparison to that 2,000 who believe in God and confess to be Protestant, there are approximately 500,000 Muslims. I don't know if that's shocking to you or not, but it is to me. (laughs) And I still live there. There is... Marseille is one of the hot spots, one of the gateway cities, one of the gateway cities for Islam in, invasion of Europe, if you want to call it, I don't want to call it invasion, but, but basically coming in, it's a gateway city for Europe for Muslims. We have the opportunity and the privilege of working with many different kinds of people there, and we have seen God do amazing things. In our short little four years on the ground, we're celebrating, just celebrate our fourth anniversary of being in Marseille. And, and I think our tally, and we don't keep very good numbers, but in general, we've seen about 40 to 50 people come to Jesus. Now, that's starting with not knowing anybody, showing up, trying to speak a language that's not our own, as Morgan said, and just trusting God for divine appointments. And that's how God, that's how our God rolls. So, Marseille is a land of harvest. And I want to m- mention something. A lot of times people would say, no, Marseille is not a land of harvest. Look at how few Christians there are. Look at how few people are open to the gospel that are atheist and agnostic. They've, they've dismissed Christianity as a myth and a legend. And they say, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I know people They say, Europe's hard. France is, is the graveyard of missionaries. I hope you make it. The average lifespan of a missionary in, in Marseille, uh, what we were told was a year and a half to two years. 
I just want you to know, it is hard in a natural way, but if you always say something's hard, then you'll start believing it's too hard to actually do. And then you'll end up giving up. And this applies to our lives today as well. Confess the good things of God over your workplace. This is a wonderful place to work. This is a great place to work. I see divine appointments happening every day. God is on the move in this place. My boss loves me. (laughs) There's power in our confession. James tells us that that our tongue is is like a a rudder that guides our ship. Which way do you want to go? Now, it's not a name it, claim it. It's just learn to speak positive things over your environment, over your family, over your, your situation. And so that's why we call it Marseille, the land of harvest. And we were also prophesied over that we would receive a harvest bigger than anything we'd ever experienced in our lives, and it would be a harvest that would blow people away in France. <clears throat> and so 40, 50 people, the average church there sees about one person come to Christ per year. And in our first four years, we've seen 40 to 50 That just shows you God is moving. It is a land of harvest. I don't receive that it's just a hard place. It may be hard, but our God is so much bigger and gooder than all that. You get the next slide, please. And what we do is we just build the kingdom one disciple at a time. You know what? When we talk about lots of different issues that go on in America today and all across the world, and we look at things uh, from different perspectives, maybe a political perspective or historical, and we kind of go, what's going on? Ah, I'm not happy, or I'm really happy, whatever. How are we going to change things? I promise you, the, the only proven, tried method of changing a culture, of changing a county, of changing a state and a nation is one person at a time, one heart at a time through the power of Jesus Christ. It's only Jesus that has the power to change somebody from the inside out. That is the difference between all the other religions and Jesus Christ. Is that he didn't bring, come to bring another religion. He came to transform a man or a woman from the inside out. And all the other religions are just an attempt to get to God or to be right with God. And he makes us right. And the next slide here. <clears throat> a lot of what we do is we just started doing some Sunday church services. Uh, we've done seven since March. And then we do Bible study seminars. We do a lot of evangelism in the streets. We reach out to the homeless. We have all kinds of different things going on during the week, every week, evangelism. I mean, we do some crazy stuff. Maybe I'll share it, but maybe I won't with my remaining two minutes. Um, so this is just some pictures of different things we've done. We did a prophetic seminar, and a guy that just gave his life to Jesus comes to our prophetic seminar that we just led him to Jesus the week before, and next thing you know, he's prophesying over people. Because in that culture, they don't, they don't think like, okay, now I need to do all these coursework and everything. They just go, well, Jesus is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, and he lives in me. Well, I can just do whatever Jesus did, right? We don't have all this religiosity to climb out of to turn around and say, hey, go for it. Man of the Gadarenes, go get him. Go share your testimony. Share what, you did, share what Jesus did for you. I know you had t- 2,000 demons. Jesus knew the man. He's the one that cast the 2,000 demons out of the guy. And yet he's the very one who gave him authority and delegated him and says, you go be my witness to all those people. I'm not saying you don't need to develop a little training, a little help. But we can overdo it a lot of times. And I'm, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing people come to Jesus and start doing the works of Jesus right away. Why? Because that's normal Christianity. 
It's the church world, the religious world that has taught us all that, hey, here's what we do. We come to church and we participate in a service for an hour and a half. We feel a little bit better about ourselves. And then we go home and we do whatever we want the other six days of the week. Oops. I was supposed to share that in second service, not first service. Thankfully, that's not the case here, right? (laughs) But we've trained ourselves so well to do church instead of be the church. And now, trying to become the church that God intended is so darn hard. Because all the religiosity is the current. It's the flow in which we flow. And it's like going against the tide to just be the church every day. All right, you can flip the next slide. I told you I'd preach my message through my power presentation. (laughs) Baptisms on the Mediterranean. Who wants to get baptized in the Mediterranean Sea? You may come and serve for three months with us then. (laughs) I see that hand. Morgan's coming for three months. Carrie's coming with him. (laughs) So these four on the left, they're just four of seven different baptisms we did recently. And that's Maxime in the top, Sabrina in the bottom, or the next one down, and then uh, Pierre, and then Raphael. And uh, those are some pictures on the side of praying for people, of worshiping Jesus on the beach, a father and son reconciling, um, just powerful images of, of what God's doing right there on the public beaches of Marseille. That top picture is Maxime. His mom's a psychologist, Florence. And Florence gave her life to Jesus about six months ago. And Florence gave her life to Jesus, and so she started sharing with all of her clients as they come in the door. She's already led two clients to Jesus during her psychology sessions. Because that's normal Christianity. Florence starts sharing her her son and says, I want to get baptized. Finds us, comes, I baptize Florence. Maxime is there. During the week, he gets saved. But you know what led him to to really get saved is hearing Florence's testimony and two other people's testimony before they got saved. And then Florence had also brought two other people who she'd been working on and said, Matt, can you pray for these two people? One is a previous client, the other is just a, a friend of ours. I said, sure. Do you know anything about God? Well, we're starting to learn. I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to pray for you, and God loves you, okay? So just take it with a grain of salt. These people are not used to being prayed for, okay? So here we are on the beach, pray for them. God gives me a word of knowledge about Raphael, about his dad abandoning him, about the, 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 the major sucking sound in his life, searching for a father. Guy breaks down, weeping on the beach. There's other things that I shared. And then he gives his life to Jesus completely, right there, all in one fell swoop. 20 minutes, bam, bam, bam. All right, go preach the gospel to somebody. All right, next. So then there's Sabrina standing next, and she's already in tears just listening to his word. Pray for Sabrina, Sabrina gets saved. After words of knowledge, and God just shows up on the scene. These two, a month later, they end up getting baptized too. Pierre, the guy in the third picture down on the left, Pierre, he, he's a friend of Odron, a guy who got, I led to Jesus two years ago from another town called Bridge of the Holy Spirit. I think I shared that last time I was with you. How would you like to live in Bridge of the Holy Spirit? I want to live there. Um, and so basically, we started doing this probably every two or three months. We'd go up to this town and start reaching out to these young men and young women who would still live there. And so now Pierre comes to Marseille, sits with me in a cafe, says, I am having a hard time uh, talking to God. I said, why do you think that is? And he says, I don't know. I said, well, I think the Lord is just showing me something. So let me just give you an understanding. I'll share with a couple of scriptures. I said, actually, it's your own pride. You think you've arrived. You think you don't need God. And you think you can figure it out yourself. Anyways, short end of it, 
He starts weeping in the middle of this cafe right there in the arts quarter and he gives his life to Jesus comp- weeping uncontrollably. People are looking at me. I'm like, I didn't do it. <laughs> he gives his life to Jesus and a month later he shows up with his whole family and we baptize Pierre down in the Mediterranean as well. So those are some of the, just the latest testimonies of what God's doing. Um, <clears throat> the next slide, uh, those are the individual lives. And then we did a leadership and ministry school, taught on evangelism, discipleship. We taught on leadership. And we taught on church planting. And we, I thought we had about five or six people coming, but we, we averaged 20 people every Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, and all day Saturday. These people come from 7.30 to 10 p.m., Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays for one month straight. I don't know, man. That just convicts me. (laughs) They're desperate. They're hungry. The older generation who are sort of abused by the church and hurting, they're coming in going, this is revolutionary. We've never heard these things. These are things pretty foundational. And, and so we just had got finished with that. We went out on the streets. We prayed for the sick. We've seen healings, miracles, signs and wonders. We do free hugs. We line up people with signs that say free hugs. And everybody just walks down and we just give free hugs away. We had one older lady who said she was thinking about going and committing suicide later that night. Said, thank you so much. I haven't felt this love. I haven't been hugged in 30 years. Because they give bizus. They give kisses all the time. We need kisses and hugs, man. Not, not just kisses, not just hugs. Come on, Americans. I'll give you some love. But we just see the things of God. We get out there and we just change the atmosphere. We do exercises. We grab four or five objects, put them in a basket, walk around. Hey, we're doing this exercise to encourage people. Pick an object and people pick an object. And then you just let the Holy Spirit share good things and encouraging words with them along the lines of, the word of whatever object they picked up. And people start crying right in the public square in the arts quarter. And they're just going, well, how do you know this? One lady pulls out her wallet and tried to pay us. We're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is all free. We call this changing the atmosphere, bringing the kingdom of heaven on earth, letting people know there is a good God who is for them. He's full of love for them. And he wants a breakthrough for them. He's got a breakthrough for them. Their demons don't have to rest there forever. So then the next slide God has just been dealing with us about getting a location because we've been bouncing around and now that we're trying to do Sunday services after doing Bible studies and different things all along, God gave us this cafe. And so now we have this little cafe. We moved into it literally the week before we, a few days before we we left. We actually had our first church service there. We had all 40 of our chairs because we don't own any more than 40. We we had all 40 chairs. And now you got to understand, anybody know how much 350 square feet is? Is about this, <laughs> the stage from here over. That's our entire sanctuary, 40 chairs. Have y'all ever tried to get 40 people in here in an American context? That's like, oh, no, I'll go to the next church. Thank you. <laughs> we, we, we just... But the power and the presence of God has been in each of our Sunday services. We have seen people not even knowing get delivered from drug addiction, alcohol addiction. We've seen people get d- delivered from lots of demons. We've had people show, I think I need prayer. And all of a sudden bust out and go crazy on us and go, yeah, you do. <laughs> yep, it's confirmed. And, <clears throat> and then we see God show up in powerful ways. And all of a sudden they're bringing their friends that are all 
just never knew God and people coming to Christ left and right and people getting set free left and right. It's been so exciting. So we have our first little service and we have 45 adults jammed in that little space back there, 40 chairs taken and five people standing and some more in the hall and the kids in the other little space that we have in the front of the cafe. It's a, it's a pretty cool little place with three different rooms. I thought, wow, that's cool. Our first Sunday service here and we pretty much are too big. Praise God. Great problem. Two services. <laughs> Spaces are a little more confined in Europe. We don't quite have the space you guys have, and so we're doing our best. So we're going to have four services of 35 adults <laughs> on the weekends. They're going to, hey, pastor, how's your church going? Oh, man, we got four services on the weekend. <laughs> oh, really? Wow, man, you guys are knocking it down. Just don't ask me how many that makes. You got about 75 people. (laughs) Not quite the same. But we are so blessed because this cafe is serving as our culture center. And our vision there is to make a difference by being there all the time. We want to serve the community. And so what we have chosen to do is set up a cafe that actually has different kind of services. Some of the homeless people we're reaching out to want to get out of that. Some of the prostitutes that have come are kidding. One lady's already given up on prostitution and says, I want to be part of whatever you guys are doing. Please help me. I mean, we're having some cool stuff start to happen. Um, I wish I could share all the testimonies. They're pretty powerful. But basically, God's moving. And your money is going towards all this fun stuff. Um, last slide. That's our family. That's our full family. Eliza's our oldest. She's here on the front row with my, my wife. And then Sophia's back in the children's church. And then Josiah and Mercedes are with their grandparents in Houston, Texas. Anyways, we just want to say thank you so much for everything you guys do for us. I'm going to give you four keys. Four keys real quick before we leave. I got, I got five minutes, right? This is the whole message. I don't give long messages. Just long introductions. <laughs> I thought y'all knew that one. That's why I was leaving it out there for you. <laughs> Nothing like bad preacher jokes, huh? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared them beforehand. How many of y'all are grateful that the works that God has called you to do have already been prepared? You don't have to muster up some work. It's stuff that he's already prepared. He's already foreseen it, set it up, and you just get to walk in it. Mm, I could preach on that for a while. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The joy in the Great Commission is that God has confidence in the spirit he has placed in each of us. The miracle in the story of the Great Commission, uh, not the Great Commission, but, the, but, but of salvation is that God actually trusts us. He's trustworthy. But yet he turns around and he puts trust in us. How are you doing with the trust he's put in you? How are you doing? Four keys to changing the world around you. Number one, live together. Find things you like to do and do them with those in your sphere of influence who don't know Jesus. 
Simple. Live together. Don't live an independent life. Don't stay to yourself. Sacrifice. Give up a little of your free time. Go to that neighbor and say, hey, you guys want to come over, hang out and whatever, play some horseshoes in the backyard or whatever you do in Austin, Texas. Whatever you like doing. Find something you love doing and just invite somebody in your sphere of influence that doesn't know Jesus to go do it with them. Do it with you. You'll find yourself change the world living together. Second, love greatly. Ask good questions and listen well. That's really what love is all about. Taking an interest in somebody else, asking them questions, and just listen well. You'd be amazed, shocked, and surprised what kind of a relationship will start. Because people are craving for attention today. Don't even have to go through the examples. I wouldn't say Miley Cyrus, but I just did. What on the, in the world would behoove people to do the crazy things they do? Except that there's a void on the inside of them and they're longing for the revelation of the sons and the daughters of God. The people who Jesus has commissioned to forgive the sins of others. You read in John 20, Jesus says, and you go forgive the sins of others. Not just forgive others. We like that. We like forgive others. Hey, you've hurt my feelings, but I'm going to forgive you. But we actually have the power to forgive the sins of other people. Only Jesus has that power. Jesus gave it to us. Go look it up in John 20 if you're offended. Look at all the heads looking down. People are starving for attention. And if we'll just ask questions and sit there with them and listen to them, you'd be amazed at how they'll open their heart. Maybe not the first conversation. It might take three or four or five or ten. But that's what love does. It endures all things. It listens well and sits there with them and loves them. Third key to changing the world around you, let it go. Let go of the sins the arrogance, the unforgiveness in your heart. Every pain that has been done to you, let it go. You say, I can't let it go. Okay, just do it by faith. I can't do it, Lord. It hurts so bad. But by faith, I'm just going to just start and say, I'm going to try to let it go. Help me, God, let it go. That's a biblical model. I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I forgive. Help me to forgive. But not just that. Don't count sins against other people. You don't want people counting sins against you. Don't count sins against other people. When you're listening well, just love them right where they're at. So Jesus did. He showed up, woman being about to be stoned to death. It's other kind of stoning. He showed up, and instead of bringing judgment, what did he do? He brought mercy. He brought compassion. He brought freedom. And he said, go and sin no more. Sin's no good, but it'll mess you up. But we're not here to count it against people. Last thing, unleash heaven. Unleash heaven. Trust God for his supernatural words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and the prophetic to flow from the Holy Spirit in you to others. Bring encouragement. 
everywhere you go, expect God in each situation to give you a piece of heaven's wisdom for that situation, for that person. And I promise you, you'll begin to see the lives around you transformed, brought to Christ, and discipled and become leaders in the earth. Amen? So let me just pray. Father, Philip, you want to come and play a pretty song? We wouldn't be in an American church if we didn't play a pretty song with a prayer at the end. I'm, Morgan's, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm getting away with more than I probably should. It was that whiskey shot I had before I started preaching. <laughs> How many of y'all want to be making an impact? Why don't we stand to our feet? <clears throat> For those who really want to see God start showing up, manifesting, letting God out of the box of our lives, why don't you lift your hands and just say this prayer with me. God, dear God, bust out of me. I don't want to be the same. I am so desperate for you, Jesus. Come, Father, and change my mentality, my perspective. I need to see what you're doing. I need to hear what you're saying and join you and all of heaven and bringing your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus. I just let go. By faith, I let go of hurts and pains. I choose to forgive. I'm not going to count sins against people. Help me unleash heaven all around. In Jesus' name, amen.